You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Your Dose of Death, doing the episode this week with just yours truly, Kings Road Wrestling, over on Instagram. Uh, Lauren uh, couldn't make it tonight. Um, He's at a wrestling show and was interviewing uh, Clint Margera from the United Kingdom earlier today, but um, it actually really worked out, everyone, because I um, have the privilege um, to sit down one-on-one with um, the craziest man north of the border. Uh, PCP Manny. So we're going to do uh, an exclusive Your Dose of Death interview with PCP Manny tonight. And uh, I can't wait to talk to you. Manny, how are you? Thank you so much for coming on. I'm good, man. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to this. It's uh, it's 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 very rare I do these interviews, but it's cool to do it with the younger generation, especially since you guys put so much content out there and it's all death matches. So it's cool to tell uh, our side from our little neck of part of the world up here. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, that's definitely true. So like when, when you started your promotion, I think I was like, uh, I was just, I was just born. So that's how <laughs> uh, the age difference is. <laughs> yeah. 24. I was, it's, we started 24 years ago. So. Okay. Yeah. 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 So that's nuts, sort of, man. Yeah. Where yeah. are you in Canada right now? We're in Montreal. I'm, I'm in Montreal. I'm just sitting okay. in my place, just chilling on the couch. Me and my cats. <laughs> Is Montreal like uh, is it like the cooler part? Like or like is Toronto like? Oh, oh no, Montreal. Montreal is the best city in Canada. One of the best cities in the world, man. When when you come down for this event, you'll you'll see the the nightlife in Montreal, the atmosphere, just the way the city's built. It's just insane. And I, like I live in downtown Montreal, so like uh, I mean, it's crazy that you could literally walk in any direction and find a party, find a good place to eat, yeah. find a show. So, and Montreal also has like probably the biggest wrestling scene in Canada. There's a, I mean, maybe not so much after COVID, but pre COVID there was about, I'd say at least 20 feds in running in Montreal. Really? So yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty wild. And as many people know, just from last night's pay-per-view, I mean, I think Montreal is, well, especially IWS, IWS is probably us and maybe ROH is probably the two feds that have produced the most WWE stars. Cause like we have a lot of guys, that were in WWE and AEW now that all yeah. started in IWS. So, you know. Steen was from IWS, right? Steen started Zane. in IWS. Zane, Uno, Stupefy. Uh, Stupefy yeah. is too great. Yeah. Uh, 3.0. Uh, man, there's so many of them, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty wild, man. It's pretty wild that this it all started here, you know. You, you know, it's funny. Um, I have some friends from Canada. I have, yeah. I have a really good friend, uh, Tara um, yeah. Cowbitch from Hell on Instagram. She's training yeah. to become a wrestler. She's from Vancouver. Yeah. I have another friend, Willow, from, I think she's from like uh, the East Coast, um, maybe Prince Edward Island. They don't sound mm. Canadian. You <laughs> sound <laughs> not an insult, stereotypical, <laughs> what I would picture Canadian sound like. like. It's like you sound like a. Ricky and Julian from Trailer Park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, Van- Vancouver's very uh, Vancouver's very Seattle-ish, uh, and PI is, I mean, PI is very 
it, that that's like when we go to PI or like we wrestled in PI and we wrestled in Newfoundland. I mean, they sound Canadian to us. It's it's in Quebec. Yeah. It's a French. It's a French province. So where we all grew up like speaking French. So our our voice is a bit different. English is uh English is different. Yeah, English is different for us. It's like it's like when we when I used to wrestle in Philly. You know, <laughs> that oh Philly God, accent. Yeah. yeah, that Philly accent is you know. I'd walk out of there and I'd be, I'd be, I'd start talking like I'm, you know, <laughs> I said, like, I need really water, stuff I need water, I need water, you know, but yeah, Dude, I feel that. that. Yeah. Yeah. So Montreal is the place to go, ladies and gentlemen, listeners of your dose of death. Uh, but uh, we will get into it in a little bit, but IWS and DCW are running uh, two shows in Canada and uh, one's going to be in Montreal. One's going to be in Toronto. So uh, opportunities for everybody in the, um, eastern part of the united states to head out there um and uh you know we'll get into the cards but they, they're looking really really cool so far uh but manny um you know what if uh if you could give us a little bit of how you got into to wrestling um I, I know that you've been doing this for the la- most of your life so uh why why did you get into it and uh, what has kept you doing this so long well when i was uh i mean i was always a wrestling fan growing up and uh you know i uh I'll, I'll never forget like uh so dude this is so long the first internet that came out was like dial-up internet and uh you know aol dial-up internet and we, we'd watch wrestling on like on television here and everything uh it was the beginning of the attitude era and stuff and uh i i got internet for the first time ever and uh i went and i started looking looking up other wrestling feds and stuff and started watching some all japan and some stuff like that uh-huh. And I started to see all these crazy matches and uh, I discovered a company called ECW and uh, ECW wasn't even on pay-per-view yet. Uh, they were like, they were just doing small shows in Philly. So I traded tapes because that's how like IWS became so big via tape traders. I traded some VHS tapes of some wrestling I had in Canada to some guys in Philly and they sent me a bunch mm-hmm. of ECW and I fell in love with the product. And then I, uh, I watched ECW's first pay-per-view, Barry Legal on uh in some pool hall that had one of those massive 20 foot satellite dishes on top and i fell in love with it and i said this is what i want to do so uh i had a buddy i was uh, had a buddy i went to high school with and we were working together and we had access to a gymnasium and we used to practice on gym mats and stuff and uh one of our mutual friends told us about a guy named sexy eddie who was trying mm-hmm. to put on a wrestling show at dawson college so ironically it's it's, it's pretty funny how it went down on my on my 23rd birthday, we were at this bar called Wally's Pub, and uh, that guy was there, the mutual friend. He's like, that Eddie dude's here, and uh, he's like, he wants to meet you. So I met up with Sexy Eddie for the first time. He's like, yeah, we're doing something at Dawson College. Why don't you come meet up with it, with us? We're going to have some practices. Somebody's going to teach us how to wrestle, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get you in the show. So we did. And uh, yeah, this guy came in. He showed us how to take a few bumps. This wrestler called Andy Ellison. He... Uh, he was really there just because Dawson was paying him and uh, he rented a ring and stuff. And he gave us two crash courses in pro wrestling real quick, really didn't teach us anything. And uh, lo and behold, like uh, the show came along and I was in a battle Royal and uh, me and my boy started walking out to the battle Royal, <laughs> never got in the ring, pulled out a bunch of gimmicks from under the ring tables and stuff that we stashed and just uh-huh. proceeded to beat the living shit out of each other with chairs, thumbtacks, tables, cookie sheets and never got in the ring for the battle royal and then just eventually the guys who rented them the ring were so pissed they literally told us get your asses backstage and 
that day pro wrestling was banned from Dawson College forever. And the one promotion in the city that hosted that event that was that rented the ring and everything said, we're going to make sure you guys never become pro wrestlers in this <laughs> province ever. So I'm sitting with Eddie and we're in Wally's pub and like pro wrestling at the time in Quebec was it was church based. What year is this? This is uh man, it was uh around ninety nine, nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, it was nineteen ninety nine. So we're sitting in the same bar, Wally's pub, uh sobbing, going, Oh man, we all want to become wrestlers and now it's over. This, these guys are gonna never let us do it anywhere. And on top of it, we're English and Quebec is a French province and the Quebec wrestling scene is French. So we, we had that against us too. And uh, we were like looking in the bar and I'm like, you notice the four pillars in the bar that are holding the ceiling up? These giant cement pillars are like exactly 14 by 14 feet apart. They're like a square. Oh, that's such a good idea. And I'm like, <laughs> what if we drill, what if we drill holes into them and put turnbuckles up in ropes? I put a gym mat on the ground and we did. That was our first ring. and. We had our first show. Uh, it was, uh, it was, what was it called? It was called Blood, Sweat, and Beers. IWS, it was at WWS at the time, the World Wrestling Syndicate presents Blood, Sweat, and Beers. And uh, yeah, man, wow. we fucking, we drew 200 people, which was unheard of in Quebec wrestling because Quebec wrestling was church basement based. It was 99 and we bought all these RCA cables and rigged an old eight millimeter camera to the ring and to all the TVs in the sports bar that we were at. So it was like monitors with a show playing everywhere. We had live commentary and yeah, it took off from there. And it, uh, is there any eventually... record of that? Like, footage? yeah, we have, we have everything on VHS. Yeah. I'll send you some of that, man. It's crazy. It's, uh, I would love that, man. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> my first, my first move at the first WWS show, the first move I took was a power bomb through a table. That's, that's the way we were, you know? And, so the show uh, was at a bar. Yeah. A um, sports bar. And you rigged a ring and yeah. like, what, what was it like a hardcore show or just like a, it was we a hardcore show, man. Hardcore wrestling. Yeah. First match, first spots, a table bump. You know, if you think about it, you know, I didn't even think about this, but like we actually started no ring wrestling because we were wrestling on the fucking floor in the board. Yeah. yeah. So it's we actually we actually started. That's good because I got something coming up and I don't want people to say I stole the gimmick. You should, so uh, you should tell Casanova that. Casanova Valentine. <laughs> I will next time I see him. I'm like, yeah, motherfucker, <laughs> I invented this shit. Yeah, it's true. And I got record. I, I was doing this in 99, man. Yeah, it's so, recorded. yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's stealing my shit, man. He owes me some fucking money. Fuck that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it started in in Dawson College with yeah. Sexy Eddie. And, with Sexy and, Eddie. Uh, okay. So who are you drawing inspirations from? Because I know ECW like, this is weird man. To me. ECW. So you guys like how you were getting him from tapes because it's just weird talking to someone from that's from another country, and I don't yeah. I don't really register with that. Like it, uh, it's it, odd, it's, it, it's so insane because like guys like kevin kevin owens or steen and and sammy zane uh, el generico uh mm-hmm. these guys all got their pwg bookings and their czw bookings back then all because fans in canada french canadian fans were trading tapes on dial-up internet with with Ameri- with Ameri- with american wrestling fans and the word was spreading and there's a guy I, i'm i'm sure you've heard of him before he was huge on like on like the internet boards Adam Circumstance, who I think his name is Adam. Yeah, Islam. I've heard yeah, of that yeah. name. Yeah, he was he ran CZWfans.com and he became a huge IWS fan. And uh he started pushing for us in the States and we would send him tapes and stuff. And yeah, it just it exploded. It was, and it was so crazy because this is all literally from the DVDs didn't even exist. This was people sending each other VHS tapes through the mail. 
and uh, just pro wrestling, uh, it, wow. it just exploded. Yeah. So after a year at Wally's Pub, we just got bigger and bigger to the point where we were drawing four or 500 people. And uh, long story short, the bar closed. So we had to, uh, we had to get bigger. So we went, we rented a venue. And at the time, it's pretty crazy. At the time, a girl, because we're young, right? So like, at the, like back in those days, like uh, porn was a big deal. It wasn't like nowadays yeah. where it's all over the internet. And we heard that a girl we went to high school with was a porn star and she had a site. So I sent her an email because I knew her and I'm like, hey, the company you work for, would they be interested in sponsoring a wrestling show? Because we're, I mean, we do it in crowds of 18 and over, you know, it's in a bar and everything. And back then everything was way less PG than now, you know? So, and I get an email from a guy who's, uh, who was married to, to Carol Cox. His name was Danny Cox. He was a, he ran Wild Rose Productions, which was a massive porn company. And he's like, I love this stuff you guys are doing. He's like, you know, uh, have you heard of streaming? And I'm like, what's that? He's like, it's going to be the next big thing. And this is like 2000, like this 23 fucking years ago. Really? Yeah. And he's like, come by our studios. He's like, I want to meet you. This. So these guys came on as a sponsor and we would have wet t-shirt contests after the shows and jello wrestling during halftime. And we're like 23 years old and we're like, it's crazy. We're like partying with porn stars and stuff because we, yeah, that's we got awesome. introduced into this world. Yeah, it was wild, man. It was wild. To this day, I live that life. It's like, uh, and yeah, so we joined up with them and we booked our first show in a real venue and we rented a ring and uh, it went well. And then we started running this venue called uh, the Medley, which no longer exists in Montreal, which was a massive 2000 person concert hall. And uh, this bar called Bar the Scratch, which held about 750 people. And that's where we got better because we were never fully trained. We learned ourselves. We learned everything ourselves. That's where we slowly started getting better. Yeah, self-taught. We started to learn more and uh, get better. And then more t- like guys came in that were more pure wrestlers than deathmatch guys, like guys like Steen, guys like, I mean, Generico was, uh, I mean, uh, you know, Sami Zayn was literally, he, he grew up, he was my neighbor. He lived down the street from me and he used to come set up our shows and bump as much as he could in the ring. And the literal generico gimmick was literally one show. Somebody didn't show up and a guy said, put him in the ring with me. And we put on an octagon mask on him. And I said, you're generico, the generic luchador. And he went out there and the place went insane. He took, he did one moonsault. Yeah. He, he did a moonsault and he just like 15 minutes before this happened, he had no idea he was going to become a, uh, he was going to become generico, the generic luchador. He thought he was there to sweep the ring 15 minutes before this happened. And, we put this match on him and he just said, Ole, after doing a moonsault and the crowd started saying, Ole, 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 Ole. And now, you know, you saw 20,000 people at the Bell Center doing that last night, you know? So, so it's, that's another it's pretty, IWS thing. Yeah, IWS original. Yeah, it came from IWS. Just like slamming your hands on the ring. When you see people slamming their hands on yeah, the ring after that big bump. Yeah, that came yeah. from us. That started in yeah. IWS 20, 23 years ago. So when we couldn't afford guardrails. So, uh, yeah, now it's man, like it's the a, trend to not have guardrails. It's a cool thing yeah. to not have guardrails. Yeah, um, well, I got two things. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I got, I um, I got two things to say about what uh, the point that you just brought up. There's somebody here. Um, I don't know. I, I bet you do know him. He's on YouTube. Um, CJ and Friends. It's a vlog series from all the old days. But he's convinced that uh, deathmatch wrestling needs to go and stream on Pornhub. And he's like, he, I've had like hour long conversations yeah. with him about it, which is so funny that you mentioned that that was happening 20 years ago with the idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, we got yeah. we 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 received offers to do it now, but uh, but unfortunately, like, I don't fuck it. I don't get it with all the shit that's on Pornhub and stuff like that. But like, wrestling is too violent and too dangerous to be on those sites, you know. So that that's what they claim because I mean, Pornhub is actually in Montreal. Their head office is in Montreal. Is it? And, yeah, it is. It's here. What kind of place Pornhub. is this? What kind of city is this? <laughs> I'll show you. Come on down, man, <laughs> brother. I, I, Come to Montreal. I will give you the weekend of your life, man. You'll never want to leave. All right, ladies and everyone, everyone, everyone who is. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Now, we are saying that both shows are going to be absolutely fire. But Manny has told me personally that deathmatch wrestling fans, that you guys that are listening to this podcast right now, are going to want to come to the Montreal show. That's the one that you're going to want to be at. So mark your calendars. Uh, get your passports ready to, to get over the border because that's the one you're going to want to be at. Yeah, man. Montreal, look, we, okay, Toronto, it's the first It's the first time going into Toronto. And honestly, like, uh, I don't know if you heard, a lot of people tried to stop that show. Uh, people really? sent, yeah, people sent emails to the venue. People sent, uh, people sent, people sent videos of me when I was like fucking 23 wrestling and death matches at like Vans Warp Tour and Lollapalooza that doesn't even <laughs> exist anymore. Oh, saying this guy. is yeah, saying this is what and I'm like I'm explaining to the promoter at the venue like I'm a, I'm going to be 47 and I'm 23 in that video. You know, we're we're much, but like the people who tried to stop this stuff, they they didn't realize that IWS is like a Live Nation company now in Montreal that puts on events for Live Nation, that puts on events for Avenco. We've opened up. We've been the opening act at mega shows for Metallica, for Guns N' Roses. They literally call us to put the ring up in the lineup when 40,000 people are waiting in line. We've done the Heavy Montreal Music Festival. We're a legit company. We've sold out every major venue in the city of Montreal. So what happens is that, you know, like when people try stuff like that, we just tell the venue to call all our references because like the venues we run in Montreal are venues that hold 2,000 people and charge 20 Gs for, for a rental. Mm-hmm. And we tell them everything we're going to do and because we're actually like, you know, I give off this image, you know, PCP Manny, this and that, but like, we're professionals. We do this for a living. We've been in show business for 23 years. We wouldn't still be here and we wouldn't be running these places if we didn't tell people what we're going to do. So, yeah. so Toronto is going to be wild. Toronto is going to be hardcore. Toronto is going to be bloody. There's going to be some glass in Toronto, but Montreal is the town where IWS does whatever they want. And the venue has given us clearance to go as crazy as we want. And the other thing, too, is the venue in Montreal holds 2,000 people. So it's going to be a fucking retarded atmosphere. It's going to be insane. And, uh, yeah, if you've never like seen it. Yeah. And if you've never mm. seen an IWS Fans Bring the Weapons match, I guarantee you, you have never seen a Fans Bring the Weapons match as wild as we do it in the IWS. And you never know who can show up, who can just come out of the blue and get in that ring and take part in that match because we're full of surprises. So definitely okay. Montreal is the one is the one you want to see. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but yeah, not the. I, I had to bring that up with the, with the yeah. with the porn company because I thought that was yeah. super funny. But um, <laughs> so, so you're telling us that you know right now you uh, at the point in the story you were starting to run bigger venues. Was this the, at what point was it? Because I'm a little bit confused. You're going to have to clarify this for me. Yeah. It was Internet Wrestling Syndicate. Yeah. So. When we joined up with the porn, it's actually good you made that point. It's been so long that I forgot. When we when we joined up with the porn company, because the internet was a new thing and they were into streaming and everything like that, they told us that uh, we should change the name to Internet Wrestling Syndicate because they're going to start putting a lot of videos online 
for us, which was like at that point, DSL had just been invented, like DSL and cable internet yeah. had just come out. So the ability to do like, like YouTube didn't even exist yet, you know? So the ability to do like videos and stuff for the shows and stuff was new. And uh, we, we changed it to that. And eventually as the years went by, we got so big and we started wrestling everywhere. We, we started working the States and a lot of guys were going to PWG and CZW and, uh, and Japan eventually. So they said we should change it to, we decided to change it to International Wrestling Syndicate. And that's what we stuck with now for the last, I think, maybe 15, 16 years. So it's pretty wild. It's been 25 years where it's going to be 25 years next year that we've been doing this. Like we're probably, I mean, we were there before CZW. We were there before ROH, you know, it's uh, I forget sometimes how long I've been doing this, man. And you know, what's the craziest thing. And I mean, I I respect you a lot, man. I really do. And I don't want this to insult you at all, but a lot of U S deathmatch fans, I don't think they have any idea about IWS or the history of it. I, I feel like they're just like, oh, it's, there's death matches in the US and then there's Japan. Yeah. But there was a whole nother scene going on that was before us. Yeah. Um, and it was simultaneous with with a lot of the US stuff. And it's it's nuts. And I really didn't know too much about IWS um, because I'm a little bit younger than, yeah. uh, so I missed a lot of this. Um, but yeah. um, I, I I can't wait till they're exposed to it because I've been delving into a little bit of it and it's not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Like we, when we, when we go to the States and like, like, like GCW, for example, so many dudes in that company that are wrestling there that are stars, like they grew up watching us cause they were into wrestling and they were tape traders and they're like, and you know, even like, dude, we had like, uh, I remember we had Trent seven and Tyler Bates three years ago. They, when they just debuted for NXT and NXT UK, they came in with Pete Dunn and I'm like, Hey, I'm Manny. He's like, I fucking know who you are, man. I grew up watching you, dude. You know? And I'm like, <laughs> Oh, cause we forget too. Cause in, in Quebec, like, like I said, Quebec is a very French pro- province and IWS doesn't like it. We don't really get credit here because we're the English company and you know, it's, it's a big no, no here. Uh, even though we're in Montreal, which is basically an English city. Um, but like in the States, like, so much, so much of the talent knows who we are, and the older fans knows who we are. And guys like I don't know if you know Wax and uh, Chad Shaft yeah, and all yeah. 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 So all those guys, you know, they're like, uh, it, it's wild. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a picture later. I have a picture of like of like me in the ring with with Zandig and Ian Rodden at the ECW arena at a CCW show because we were promoting Tournament of Death, and uh, they, were, they wanted me to do a three with them, which just didn't work out in the end and everything. But like it was so funny because like people see that picture and like, even when I see it, somebody sent it to me. I'm like, Oh yeah, that fucking happened. I, I didn't re- I didn't remember that. And even sometimes like uh, people will post old match graphics. Like uh, I did a no rope barbed wire match against, against beef Wellington advanced warp tour. And I don't even remember having the match and neither does he. And we know what happened, you know? And so it's like, we've been doing this for so long that like a lot of times, even we forget, I mean, we were having explosion matches, like real explosion matches, like 20 oh. years ago. You know, it's it's this pretty is insane. Not just death matches, though. I feel like probably all the WWE talent today were grew up watching you guys because what you're telling me and what I what I researched is that at yeah. the time, like this was the only indie promotion that was streaming that was available, yeah. right? Yeah, there was nobody we were, else. There was I mean, nobody else. No, we had we had a show called Bloodstream, and we aired it live on the internet on our website every week, every week, and we played matches. And we we would do we would do stuff that like NXT yep. does right now. Bloodstream, you know? right? Yeah, yeah. 
And it was, okay. it, and, it, and you watch it and it's crazy. You know, you got generic. Generico had a whole video series with, with Beef Wellington. They were living together. They were like, we had so many things. And because we had this, we had this porn company backing us. And at the time, like it is, we're talking about porn a lot, but it's just that at the time, like you, <laughs> you needed a studio to do porn. Like these were like movie no, studios. Yeah. So like, dude, they had props. They had like, they had like sets and everything like that. So we would run a show. Yeah, right? that's it. So, yeah. yeah. So we would literally, we would, I mean, I remember we filmed, uh, we filmed this thing where I was, I was feuding with a guy named Drew. I, that was Drew Onyx was feuding with a guy named Steve Royds. He actually wrestled with CCW for a while as Steve Rises. And uh, he kidnapped this guy, Drew Onyx, who played a rap character. And uh, I, like my character is I'm a junkie, I'm a druggie. And uh, I, uh, I had a concussion and I wanted to be a rapper too. So we did this thing where I break in to save the guy that got kidnapped and I pull out a gun. Like I've actually pulled out a gun twice <laughs> in wrestling in the last 20 years. And I pull out a gun and I shot the guy by mistake. And it was, and like, we were doing this 20 years ago. It's so crazy. Like, you know, it's like, sometimes I look at, I look at it and I'm like, why aren't we doing this now? Like, you know, like this, it's so wild. And like, what a lot yeah. of people don't, yeah. What a lot of people don't know is we're also on fight network USA and on access in the states we have a tv show called bloodstream now it airs in canada and japan and europe and in the states so if, uh, if anybody yeah, has i wanted network, to ask you that where where yeah. do you watch like the current product uh it's fight network usa uh hdnet usa fight network canada uh fight network europe fight network websites UK. or what, what oh are it's they? a t- it's a it's a tv show it's a, it's an actual network because we we have we have like a uh we have a national television deal in canada but that tv deal prevented what? us from being yeah that's yeah we have a crazy yeah dude. <laughs> it's insane <laughs> i had two i used to have of, two man. i had a french one and an english one and uh, i have a national tv deal in the states and um it prevented us from using apps like fight plus for for the longest time okay. but i actually i actually had a meeting i was in toronto like two days ago and i had a meeting with anthem which the same company that owns impact is the company impact, that runs yeah. our tv shows yeah and they actually we made a deal where we're going to be allowed to stream on fight plus as well so they're sending us a live view as well to use the stream. So we're going to do live television and Fight Plus for places where they can't watch us live on TV. Yeah. yeah if you were to t- if you were to come up to like Lauderdale or yeah. or Danny Demont or, or Rob Black and say yeah. tell them that there's a there's a TV show that has light tubes on it that's yeah. unheard of. But that's, yeah. That's crazy, dude. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, dude, but is there like a yeah. website with an archive like where where can uh, we because what what it is is we're, we're we're changing to that right now up until a couple of days ago our television contract for the last few years prevented us from having that we were on iwtv before that but it just it just it just didn't work out it was uh they're great people i love them but it was just it just wasn't for us so now we'll be moving uh we'll probably be moving to i'm not sure which platform we're going to choose but within weeks it'll be fight plus or something like that and I literally have I have a server online with the entire archives of the company, okay. so we have, so you we have, have yeah we have access we have everything we kept everything, so I mean do we okay. like yeah and like I said we have some like when you see when you see those Instagram pages like Unfin Believable or uh, MDK Club when they pull out those old clips from those old IWS fans during the weapons matches I mean all that stuff is there so and it's not just those death matches too it's I mean. A lot, like you said, a lot of guys grew up watching the product because we were streaming, and a lot of wrestlers watched it because there was guys like Steen and uh, Owens, yeah. you know, and there was all these guys that were putting on five star matches as well, you know. 
And uh, yeah. I'll, I'll never, you know, like the reason we blew up so big in the States was because we all did Tournament of Death and uh, Eddie cut his, cut his artery, pierced his artery. I don't know if you've seen yeah. that. Book. Oh yeah, everybody and then, loves yeah, that. Every, yeah, and as soon as that happened, Mike Burns came up to me because Smart Mark Video was filming our shows for us as well. Mike Burns uh-huh. came up to me and he's like, you got to send me your three top guys with Eddie next month. And uh, we're going to do a shit. We're going to do something big at the arena. And I sent Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and uh, another guy named Excess. And they went out there with, they went out there with Eddie and they put on this four-way dance. I mean, you could ask Brett, he was there. They put on this four-way dance, man, that blew everyone away. There was a PWG four-way, blew it away. We blew away the CZW main event that night. The entire, I'll never forget, it was the proudest moment ever. The entire ECW arena was chanting IWS, 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 to the point where I never seen Zandig run so fast across the venue to grab a microphone to cut the crowd off. And he yeah. turned around and he's like, so, so do you like these Canadian guys? He wouldn't even say IWS. He's like, do you like these Canadian guys? And uh, I was like, oh, well, okay, he's pissed. And then, uh, boom, oh, yeah. PWG <laughs> started booking everyone. CZW started booking everyone. Uh, Mexico started booking everyone. Guys ended up in Japan and just, just blew up. It just blew up. And then, yep. you know, yeah. Dude, and, you got to be so proud of that. Yeah, man, it's it's cool. You know, a lot, like I said, a lot of times, like I'm older now, so, you know, I have, I have, you know, I have a day career. I own a big, I own a big smoking shop, like a smoking accessory shop. And we own a massive gym for the IWS pro wrestling, the IWS training center. So like, uh, we have a lot, like we have a lot of stuff going on with the company and with my day job. And a lot of times I forget, you know, and like when you're, when you're doing, when you're in pro wrestling and you've been doing it as long as me, it's just basically becomes the next show, you know, like let's top this, let's do the next show. And sometimes I forget that like, I've been running in venues that draw 2000 people for the last 25 years, you know? And yeah. like, like you yeah. said, when you brought up the streaming, I completely forgot, man, we had a pay-per-view on viewers choice Canada and viewers choice us in 2005. The only other companies that had paper, like impact didn't even exist. The only companies that had pay-per-views at the time was WWE, you know, and we had yeah. our own pay-per-view, could, a live pay-per-view. Yeah. You could get CZW tapes through the original Netflix sending you dvds but yeah. there's no pay-per-view or anything like that yeah um, yeah dude so you mentioned um on fm believable and mdk club so they they are all they love posting like old um clips of streams uh like of you guys and stuff like yeah. that but the my page kings road wrestling i i don't post any um stream clips like that's the yeah. thing that i have i don't it's only fan can clips and I yeah. feel like I know you have probably a bunch of stuff. Yeah. If you, yeah, man, if, if you could send me anything from, from some of the things that you're talking about of the old days, man, I would, that would be, that would kill it, dude. Yeah. Um, I'll send, I'll send, really, I'll find really some, man. Kill it. Yeah. We, we have, we have a little big collaboration. Team. Post. <laughs> yeah. We have, we have a bit, we have a good team here. We have a lot of people to help us and uh, I, I could definitely get you some of that, you know? Uh, yeah. I could definitely. You, yeah. 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 It'd be cool. Uh, there's yeah. another thing um that was and this was the original reason why i asked you to do an interview there's a guy named Stephen a um who lives in japan but he works for gcw he does the gcw podcast on their patreon with alex cologne Uh, and he goes and he's like hey man like you know about iws and i was like not really like uh, you know i've heard of i heard about the company but i don't really know anything about it you know it was before basically when i was born and he was like man like this is something that like you should write about on king's road because I'm all about writing like unique stuff in the history of wrestling. 
Um, and, and I was like, what are you talking about? Um, like, what's so unique about it? He went on this website called Wayback Machine, and he yeah. pulled up w- what your website, I guess, looked like in 2001. Um, yeah. And he pulled up Bloodstream, and, and it had all the um the the shows the the live the pay-per-views um and like some of the some of the stuff was there um and it was nuts to look at it i was shocked i was like what are you talking about they were streaming in 2001 (laughs) Um, and i gotta send you the the picture that he found of this because it's like a um you know what what your website would look like back in the day and i I thought that was so unique dude Uh, yeah dude it was i've never heard about that it's, it's cool that you said that because we we did so many firsts, man. Like there, there was so much stuff that we had done that nobody had ever done before. And it, it was just so cool. And like uh, myself too, I forget about it. Because like, like I said, for me, pro wrestling is the next show, the next event. You know, these events cost a lot of money. So we're always thinking about like, you know, ooh, we got to make that 50 Gs or 60 Gs, you know, back and this and that. And um, I, I forget a lot of times about that, but yeah, like the streaming and the stuff we were doing back then was incredible. And like we streamed, we, we would stream our shows live. We would have guys like we would have a production truck and guys with digital, with like digital beta cams back at the time. Cause like, you know, cameras actually had beta tapes in them at the time and they would be yeah. shooting our shows. Yeah. Shoulder mounted cams and everything. And even now, like when you come down, it's insane because we run like full Sony FS7 and FX9 setup. And we have a, we have a massive production setup where we switch live, we can stream, we do everything. We have like we can we can stream live television. So it's it's really it's really cool. Like we've always been there. We do not that. have that here. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> like just the setup, like the production and the setup and everything. And it, and it's cool. And like one of the things that's really good too is uh I probably shouldn't say this actually, because you know, then other companies are gonna complain, but like no, I'm not when, when big when big companies <laughs> when, when big companies, big international companies offer us talent and stuff. Then there's never any negotiation. We say we want the guy and they just send us the guy. And there's never like, there's never the big problems of deposits and wires. And because we've been doing this so long that everyone knows, you know, you're going to get paid and you're going to have the time of your life. And so many, so many stars, like young and old, come in and they know everything about us. And guys come in, like New Japan guys, this and that. And they're like, yeah, man, I grew up watching you guys. Yo, I went to your show 20 years ago. I was, I was 16. I'm like, wow. Like it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty wild, you know? And for myself, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 46. I'm going to be 47 in like two weeks. And like, I've been doing this so long. Like some, I'm so used to hanging around with 20 year old wrestlers and 25 year old wrestlers, like the next generation and everything. I forget sometimes that like, not like, you know, not only like did some of these guys grow up watching us, some of these guys that wrestle for us weren't even fucking born, you know, <laughs> when we, when we started yeah. doing this. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty wild, man. You know, to have a guy, to be in the ring against a guy who wasn't even born when you started wrestling, you know, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's pretty crazy. It sounds like also from what you're explaining um, that Canada and your product and maybe Canadian hardcore, Canadian death matches are a lot more production based. It seems like you guys have a market for television and, and internet viewers yeah. whereas i would say in the u.s um it is a live event product through and through yeah. production is such an afterthought and it, and it really yeah. doesn't even matter like i i live in jersey that's where everything is yeah. i don't watch yeah. anything on streams i just go to it um yeah. so I, I i guess it would be maybe a little bit different for for the wrestlers coming over there who may be yeah. used to it 
That's it. And, uh, and uh, another big thing too, is that, uh, I mean, in Canada, you know, like I, I always say this, like had a lot of people say this, had we been based in the U S uh, we, we would be so much more massive and so much more well-known because just cause just like in terms of social media, like social media is so much bigger in the U S especially Twitter versus Canada, you know, Canadians, you know, everybody's got a Twitter account, but they, they don't really, it doesn't have the following that the U S has. It's, it's not as active as the U S the same with Instagram. And another thing I tell a lot of people is like, you know, it kind of, kind of sucks. Cause if we had a national TV deal 20 years ago, or even 10 years ago, we'd be multimillionaires. Whereas now, you know, it's like a generation where everybody's streaming everything. Everything's available online. Yeah. Like, man, if I could, if I had a dollar for every IWS download off, off like, like extreme torrents and all these sites, man, I'd be, uh, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be retired. <laughs> you know, I'd be gone. Wait, have you thought about, have you thought about this? Cause it just crossed my mind and it's fucking wild. You did the opposite of what companies are doing today. Yeah. You started with streaming and then went to TV and then yeah, everyone that's... else started with, Right. Yeah, I, I I like to make I like to complicate things. <laughs> I don't like easy. I like everything complicated. Yeah, I, I, I like that. to be. Yeah, I like I like I like to be the. Uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. You were actually the first guy streaming. That's pretty wild, man. And it's cool that someone in Japan knows that because there was there was. I remember when I was young, like when the internet first when the internet first started blowing up, I'd be like, oh, there's a Japanese IWS fan site. And at first, I thought it was a Fed called IWS in Japan. And no, this was a fed in japan with you know hundreds and thousands hundreds of thousands of followers in japan that were watching iws stuff in japanese don't know what the fuck the site said because it was all in japanese but it was all of us on there and then there was an italian site an italian fan site and there was an australian fan site and i'm like wow and i remember when i remember when kevin steen when kevin steen signed with wwe he was doing his last round of shoot interviews to make some money before he went to nxt and he was doing he was doing a shoot interview in the UK and then one in Ireland and then one I think one somewhere in Europe it might have been Italy and all these people were asking him about IWS and I'm like yeah man that's you know that's pretty crazy that the first questions these guys have is IWS and even when he did one with with RF video the first question they asked them was about IWS and they knew everything about us and it was it's pretty wild man so yeah. it's like those who know know and you know now in this generation, it's 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 a little different because it's a more of a live event generation. But yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, that's why I'm excited for this show. I'm really excited for this GCW show. It's been a long time in the making. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be sick, dude. And uh, you know, you got to think that you know if there was a fan site for IWS in Japan back then, yeah. that that probably had you guys probably had some influence on um, the creation of Big Japan and, and pro wrestling freedoms. And I think that's yeah. like the best death match ever. Um, yeah, that's, that's really cool to think about. Um, yeah. Like what at, at what point uh, I know that, you know, in the point of the story that you were telling me that you started running bigger venues and I guess this was like early to mid 2000s. What, at what yeah. point did you uh, and you're like a hybrid company? I know that you only don't only do death matches, but what, what yeah. point did the, the serious uh, weaponry come out and, and you know, how, how was that received in, in Canada? Uh, it was there was a show called Tournament of the Icons, I think. Man, I think it was 2001. It was 2001 or 2002, and uh, I had heard about I had heard about light tubes being used in Japan, and uh, I was like, man, I was like, you know, I don't know if they were doing it in the states because IWA Mid South was pretty new, CZW had just started, and I was like, 
I was like, I think this would be crazy because as a pro wrestler, like I'm always thinking about like, uh, I had a conversation with somebody about this today. Like we were talking about barbed wire and I was talking about how I hate barb, no rope barbed wire matches. Cause when you hit the barbed wire, you don't, there's no noise. There's no, there's no explosion. There's no table breaking. There's no, no pop. Yeah. It's pointless. Yeah, it's pointless. And, I, and it's I, the worst. I've, I've had so many of them and it's the worst, the worst dirty feeling after and the cuts take forever and they burn. So I'm like, I'd rather do a barbed wire board or I'd, do, I'd rather do light tubes and everything. And that, at, at the time in 2001, I was like, these would be, like, we had eight foot T12s and I'd be like, these would be fucking cool. Prop them in the corner of a ring and, like, just get thrown into them, like, just a simple Irish whip just to see what happens. And I'm sure they'll blow up and they'll make noise. So we did it. And uh, it was so funny because everybody was backstage gritting their teeth because nobody knew what would happen because yeah. we heard about it, but we'd never seen it. You know, nobody was streaming. The, the internet was new. So I took the first uh light tube bump in canada i guess maybe 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 more i'm not sure and uh then we took the second one in that match then the third one and then uh, by then a, a week later i'm like literally a week after that show i'm like i heard about this thing called fans bring the weapons let's try that out and everybody was at the show the week before so everybody bought light tubes so that became the match where okay let's take our shirts off and do light tubes and you know that's where we started getting the bleeding backs and the and it just it just started getting wilder and wilder. And then, like, I remember two years later, there was there, there was a show, one of the NF and Sanctions, where we did fans bring the weapons. And uh, man, there was there was so much glass. I bet you, I bet you, it's a record. I have to look it up. There was so much glass used in that match. It was wild. And like, uh, I gotta you know, find this. Yeah, yeah. and like, t like also like the TV bumps, the 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 the, the balcony dives, the like it was. I think Sexy Eddie has jumped off every balcony in the city of Montreal and every venue onto me yeah. and put me through a table. It's pretty, it's pretty wild. It's like a trademark thing. He jokes about it. He's like, only me and you are crazy enough to fucking do this. You know, and Eddie doesn't, Eddie doesn't fall off the balcony onto you. Eddie jumps up and out. Like it's the most like painful thing ever. Yeah, dude. It's, I, I look at him up there and I'm like, why the fuck am I doing this again? You know, like, it's like he, the, the impact this guy has, the tables explode when he lands on you. Like, yeah. So, yeah. And we're also, we're like, from, from what I've seen, and actually Speedball was telling me this too, we're, we're, we're like the only Fed left that uses real tables. So there's, they, they don't exist here in the US. No, like, well, yeah, I, I like, mm -hmm. I literally, I were so well known at one point, a year, two years ago, we had a, we had a furniture, like a plate, an auction house that would buy, that would buy like uh, companies out when they close down. And for like the last 20 years, they keep all the tables for us and they'd sell them to us super really? cheap. And then one day we went in to pick some up and they're like, yo, uh, you broke every table in like Quebec, basically, maybe Canada. There's no more. We can't find any anywhere. And yeah. so we went to doors and then about maybe six months ago, seven months ago, uh, I went looking and I found a few places that had pallets and pallets and pallets of tables. And I run a, I run a big smoking accessory store in Montreal, like a huge store that sells everything you need to smoke pot. And uh, we have a warehouse. So I just went and bought like 10 pallets of tables, load them in a truck. And we've got like a couple hundred tables stockpiled <laughs> in a warehouse. And uh, yeah. we're going to use, we're going to use a shitload of them on March 11th. So, okay. So yeah. Dude, so, um, so. that's cool. The, the light tube spot that you were talking about, the first one that you did, that yeah. was 2001, you said? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. So at that, so if it was 2001, then you were definitely among the first ever to use it. Cause uh, the first U S one, um, 
it was either CZW's Unf Unbelievable, it was White yeah. Feeder Engaged, did a, yeah. a 200 light tube. I remember, um, yeah, I remember that, yeah. And then there was an, I, and I think, I think it was Ian that did the first one though, Mid South. It might have been like 2000, but um, yeah. yeah. And I totally agree with you. I love that you mentioned this, and I'm glad that we have it on for everybody to hear it. Yeah. Um, everybody here, they're like, oh, I want more uh, razor blades, and I want yeah. gusset plates, and I was like, that just sucks because it doesn't make a noise, so it doesn't really pop anyone. Nobody yeah. cares. It hurts yeah. like hell. Yeah. If you have a tube, you get like an explosion and everybody, yeah. everybody goes crazy for it. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. We like better. literally like when we have fans during the weapons matches, because uh, we, we have so many people to come to these shows. We take everything away from everyone uh, at the beginning of the night while they're in line. And we put them all in a back room and we, we hand them out before the main event. But before that happens, you know, and this is, this is breaking cafe, but who the fuck cares? Everybody knows wrestling's fake. Yeah. Um, we go in there and like, we literally, we've been doing this so long. Like I've been in, I think there's like, we've had 25 or 20. I don't even know. We've had a, a lot of fans during the weapons matches in IWS and they're really legendary. And I'm like the only guy that's been in all of them. I've done every single one. So I kind of know, I kind of know what, what, what's good and what isn't. And we pull out like the dumb shit, you know, like Bobby pins and, and, you know, we pull all that shit out. Like it's, there's I'm no point. Yeah. <laughs> Well, like, you know, it's like the, the other difference is, and you'll see this in March, like we do a lot of high spots in our fans when the weapons matches. Like we're not going to hit each other with light tubes. We're going to fucking powerbomb someone from the top rope to the outside through a, through a log cabin. And like, it's, it's a fast page, paced wild match. That's why it's, I think we've only done one one-on-one. Uh, and um, it's, it's pretty wild. So we don't need that stuff. And honestly, like we don't want to have the classic, like you mentioned Dean Ron, the classic, old fans during the weapons match where someone's just stabbing someone for 20 fucking lives. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's, that's not, you know, people like that. I get it. That's cool. Good. All the best. To them, Nobody likes know. that anymore. Uh, yeah. That's it. You know, <laughs> it's like, you know, join the gym brother. <laughs> no, yeah. You, and the, you, uh, I, you know, the audio is only going to come out for this, but if everybody listening, uh, I'm looking at Manny right now. He's in very good shape, which is, that's like seldom a thing in us death match wrestling. And I, always, I get so much shit for this because I love going to the gym. Um, and I always, I always say it's a, it's a body business and you guys need to get in shape and, and, and people get so upset that I bring that up, but, um, yeah. man, you're doing it right. A hundred percent. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait to see you. Um, yeah. the, 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 the follow-up question I had for, uh, for you regarding this, uh, I might've lost my train of thought here, but, um, I was, okay. The high spots that you just mentioned, yeah. um, you know, I'm young. Uh, I'm sorry that I haven't fully, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, gotten into the product. Um, yeah. And I intend to. Uh, but the first thing I saw about AWS was somebody got thrown off the balcony yeah. uh, through a ton of light tubes and a table. And then the yeah. camera pans and it's in this like beautiful, um, like opera looking like, yeah, that was me. theater <laughs> venue. Yeah. And I was like, what? And there was like, there was like 2000 fans and everyone was screaming. Yeah. And I was like, what is this? Like, we do not have that here. We have guys hit each other with tubes uh, in a warehouse with a hundred people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was blown away with that. Yeah. No, it's uh, yeah, that was, uh, I got tornado DDT off a, off a balcony through like tubes and fire and tables. It was a, uh, yeah. it was a wild spot. Me and the green phantom fucking almost killed me. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, Look, 
I may get I may get heat for this, but you know what? I've been doing this a long fucking time, so people can give me heat. I got heat my whole life, but I would not do this if I didn't have access to like these amazing venues because I truly believe and promoters should listen now, especially post COVID. You know, people want to go out, people want to have a good time, and they want to see a show. And the people that come to our show, and you're going to see this in March, are not the same people you usually see at these deathmatch shows. They're people that want to go out and. Going to see us is like going to see a band. It's going to it's going to a big concert. They're going to pay thirty five bucks or forty bucks for a ticket, and they want to they want to have production values. They want to be in a nice building. They want to drink. They want to have a good time. And you got to you got to give them that. We're in the entertainment business, and you know, no one's going to ever take what we do seriously, whether it's deathmatch wrestling or whether it's 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 you know high spot wrestling. If you're doing this in a barn and like. I like to take credit for that in the province of Quebec because when maybe Canada to tell you the truth, because before I started putting on these shows, everything was in church basements and everything was in like was little, little shitholes. And to this day, man, if it wasn't for the streaming and those wild clips and those wild venues, you know, I don't think a lot of guys would be where they are now and be millionaires if we didn't have those production values and people would see that product and say what you just said. Because that's yeah. what attracts people to it, you know? It's like, I, I don't want to wrestle in front of 40 people, man. You know, I'm sorry, I'm being honest. I don't want to bleed in front of 40 people. I want to bleed in front of 2,000 people. And if you put 2,000 people, I'll go out there and risk my fucking life. But like, you know, it's like, we're doing this for the end game. And we're doing this because we want something out of it, you know? So it's a business for us, you know? It's like, yeah. you know, we've, we've like, my life is IWS, you know? I, I live surrounded by road cases, you know, and, you know, we built a mega gym for our students filled with West Side Barbell equipment. So you like to train, like we, everything we own is made by yeah, West Side Barbell. That's the best. Yeah. And it's like, we, <laughs> you know, it's, it's our life. I have a 4,000 square foot gym and, you know, it's, and it's crazy because like I can, it's such a wild life because I can go to my gym and work out in our wrestling school, one of the best equipment in the world. Or I can go there, you know, drunk and high with a friend, fuck around and put them through a table. You know, it's like we yeah. can do what we want. We're 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 able to do whatever we want, and it's because we worked so hard and we built something so big. And it wasn't built on these small, trashy venues. You know, it was built the right way. You know, and you know what, dude, I I love it. Yeah, I nobody shit. Said that. Yeah, nobody shits on deathmatch wrestling at our show, and those are the same people that'll spend a thousand bucks to go see Metallica. You know, and that's why we get called up to wrestle in front of Guns and Roses and Metallica. They do national skateboarding festivals because we're wild, but we're professional and we look good, you know? So, dude, uh, you're preaching to the choir here. I think that you need to come to, and then this is going to get me heat too. Um, and I don't really care either. <laughs> I'm at the point where this needs to be said. Um, and I, I'm glad that you brought it up. You need to come to the U.S. and give a seminar to the promoters here because it's ridiculous that some of the places that they're running um they're, they're unsafe uh they look ridiculous um there's 50 people there I, i'm under the belief and i'm not a promoter and i get that it's hard but if you can't get more than 50 people i don't think you should be running the show i just it looks bad and as a as a as a journalist for this uh, genre of wrestling anytime i i um put something out there where there's a venue that looks like that where there's 50 people and it's like a barn or a warehouse um it's constant every comment is look what they're running like this is ridiculous you're doing this for a hot dog and a handshake like what did they pay you in pills um it makes everything look really bad and i think it i think it really stains what everybody's trying to do which is positive i think that people are trying to do positive things um 
I don't get any shit or any comments regarding Deathmatch Wrestling when I post stuff about the showboat in Atlantic City at yeah. GCW because that's a major venue of 2,000 yeah. people, like you were saying. Um, and that's the, that's exactly what I saw with IWS when I when I first ran into it. It was a, a big time hardcore deathmatch promotion that was doing it yeah. right. It was doing it very professional and weren't just doing it to to play to cosplay on the weekend and bleed yeah. out in front of their friends. Yeah, no, it's it's really really important. It's really really important. It's something that's really important to us. And it's like just to, just to give like a simple example, like you know, and it it would be good for for promoters because they talk about people wanting to, to be serious with them and everything. So uh, I'm at I'm at I'm at our venue planning planning this event, and we're planning I'm planning a crazy spot. Like this was this is the, this is for the March 11th show. I'm telling them what we want to do. And I'm there while the venue's closed, and I have a tech team. And this is the same tech team that a few few weeks before was doing Demi Lovato, was doing Jesse Reyes. It, you know, they they move, they work with major artists, and they fucking love us. They think we're the craziest shit ever. And they're like, okay, so if you want to fall from here, and the glass hits here, let's put a let's put a platform here, let's put a safety here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll clear out this section. And I'm like, this is literally a team of like high end, you know, forty dollar an hour roadies who like run multi-million dollar equipment and they're there planning a death match bump you know so we could do it safe as safe as you can do it but you know okay. so they could they could they can do their job and make sure we're protected and the crowd is protected and it looks good and every camera catches it and it's well lit and i'm like that's the way it's supposed to be you know yeah you know, just yeah. like the doctor You're gonna risk your life. Yeah, that's it it's like the doctors who have followed us for for 20 years and who are close friends of ours who want, want to protect us and who follow us around the ring during these death matches, to, you know, to make sure, oh, wait, that's real. That's serious. Let me stop him. Let me fix something. You know, let me patch him up real quick. You know? We don't have that it's, here either. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, uh, you know, it's like I've, I've had my, my hand duct taped shut many a time in my arm or, you know, but it's, you, it's, it's, we put on a show, you know, we want to, we want to, we want to go out and party afterwards, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't want to take up too much time getting off topic, but I, I do have a question to follow up with that in the current state 2023 iws it's still strong well like the numbers that you were talking yeah. about earlier yeah we're okay. probably doing we're probably doing the best we've ever done we've so the, the two biggest concert venues in the city of montreal are m telus and uh, olympia they're the two mega venues where we're like yeah no, olympia no effects okay. plays yeah no effects plays there uh you know like the major metal bands play there and uh we've run them i think now in the last Post COVID, I think we've run them monthly fourteen times, and we've sold out every single show. So and there's been glass at these shows. All of them, yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay, Manny, I don't understand <laughs> this because, um, you know, there's there's a few guys, um, me included, uh, who who are having this conversation, who are kind of, um, you know, a little bit more knowledgeable than the average fan, and, and we're under the belief that in the U.S. at least that this is coming to an end, this deathmatch wrestling, because the market's so saturated and it just doesn't seem to be, a, the, the fan base really seems to be dwindling um, and the production value is not great and it's in these warehouses. Um, so it's really surprising to hear that there's something across the border that is doing this. And, and you know, we're, we're debating, can this even be done? Or, you know, can this even be elevated to a level where there where it's on TV, where where there's 2,000 fans, where people are loving it um, and paying high prices for a ticket, I don't know if it can be done here um, in the U.S. I, I I might be shot, but um, 
it, you can do it in Canada, and it seems like you you accomplished that. Yeah, we we make a living with it. <laughs> yeah, it can be done, man. It's just people need to, you know, I have this. It's pretty crazy. Like, uh, I mean, we have the same friends and everything. When you meet a lot of people that just started in wrestling, but have been in the entertainment business, whether it's the music business or stuff like that, uh, their whole life, and then they come into the wrestling business, they all kind of get mad because they see how shitty things are being done. And I've told people many, many times, like, I love deathmatch wrestling fans. They're, you know, they've supported me for years. Or they, they tell stories about me. They help me get this. You know, they, they're always at the shows. They're loyal. But the problem promoters make is they rely on these guys too much and they re they rely on people sharing sharing messages sharing like events on Facebook. you know a wrestler sharing your event on facebook isn't going to help you draw because he's sharing it to all a bunch of other wrestlers you know yeah it's, it's yeah need. so what you know people need to get out there like we still have people out there who we have poster teams who cover the whole city in posters you know we have flyer teams you know I own a store in downtown Montreal, right in the middle of the festival grounds where every major event is in Montreal. And we're, we're putting flyers out. My staff is trained. Even though they're selling bongs and rolling paper, they're trained to tell people about IWS and promote it. And we're well known in the music industry in Montreal as this wild show. We often get called up to do stunts and stuff for bands. Uh -huh. So we're out there and we're catering to the non-deathmatch wrestling fans. Yeah, because, yeah. You know what? Key. Dude, yeah, if you go out there, and you tell a bunch of dudes and a bunch of girls who, who want to go out and drink and watch something cool on a Saturday night, yo, you're not going to believe your fucking eyes. You got to come check this out. And you know what, man? Fuck money. Give them free tickets. Give them free tickets. Come check That's this out. That's what I always out. say. If people could see this, if, if people outside our little niche could see how cool this was, they it, it would be so popular. But yeah. it's just like it doesn't seem like, especially in the States, that it can escape this little feeling that we put onto it, which is it's really sad to me because the guys are killing themselves for it, you know? Um, you know, what you just explained, and I don't know your relationship, I don't really, I don't want to, you know, cause any problems, but it sounds a lot like what Rob Black and XPW were trying to do here with the, you know, branching out and the flyers and sponsoring artists. And, um, you know, they're trying, they're, they're trying to, to elevate it. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, it's <sighs> Rob Black's his own worst enemy. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. he, he got he got heat 20 years ago and he and he still he still has that heat you know uh, you've all heard the stories and shit you know so it's like i mean he he can do what he wants he he knew by running in jersey and running in philly that he's going to get that heat it's already an established place he can't do it in california because pwg's there so he's trying he's putting in an effort he's getting the billboards and everything like that he's trying to make it a more adult oriented more adult oriented uh, adult oriented content and, uh, you know, hey, it, if it works, it works. You know, his his issue is nobody's forgotten, you know. So it's, uh, you know, and he's made yeah. a lot of enemies. And, you know, he, you know, unfortunately, people are going to shit on him no matter what he does and no matter how good he does it. But he goes out there and he gets the people that don't watch Deathmatch Wrestling, people that aren't shitting on him on the Internet, uh, he might succeed. So other promotions should learn That's that. That's what you know? I tell him. Yeah. Yeah. Other promotions yeah. should learn that because, you know, you know, he may be your enemy, but if he goes out there and gets the people that don't come to your show, which is way bigger than the people who do come to your show, you know, and this is just me stating facts. I don't, I haven't talked to Rob Black in 20 fucking years. I got nothing to say to the dude. So, you know, he, he uses a couple of guys I know, whatever, man, it's got nothing to do with me, but like, 
to all the people that don't like yeah to all the people that don't like him you know be careful because if he goes out there and he does what i say what i say we do you know which it seems like he's doing he's gonna end up on top and you know this is literally what iws is doing i I feel like he's modeled it after what you guys are doing yeah good you know thanks tell him to send me some money (laughs) (laughs) dude uh this has been such a, a cool conversation. I do want to touch on uh, what's coming up, you know, what, what we've been um, alluding to for the whole show, because this is some groundbreaking shit, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it's the first time that Game Changer Wrestling, my home promotion, uh, the promotion that I do the most work for, and I, I love GCW um, more than anything. It's my top thing. They are coming over the border to Canada, and it was announced uh, via satellite feed with nick yeah. gage and jimmy lord and the boys yeah and uh man tell me tell us about these, these shows coming up and uh i'm interested to see how long have you wanted to to work with uh gage in canada oh man well you never know what'll happen man it's always been uh <laughs> it's always been the match that everybody talks about you know i was flattered because uh uh um icw was put up a post about uh they're bringing in a famous they're bringing in a famous deathmatch wrestler to the United States for a, for a dream match. And they put it up on, on, on Facebook somewhere and everybody kept replying PCP Manny, PCP Manny, PCP Manny. And yeah, like, uh, I'm an IWS yeah, was boy. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm an IWS boy. I'm, I'm, I'm an older guy. I only, I only work IWS now. You know, it's my, it's my baby. I only bleed, I only bleed for my letters. I like to say that I only bleed for my letters. And, uh, but uh, you never know what'll happen, man. Uh, crazier things have happened. But yeah, that's been one thing people have always talked about, seeing me engage in a ring. You know, unfortunately, you know, uh, life, has its, uh, life, life has its ups and downs, but who knows what happens. But one thing is for sure, like I've known Brett since Brett was a ref, you know, for, man, like since, since we were doing stuff with CZW and even he came and he ref in IWS for a couple of shows. Uh, I've known him for a long, long time, and he, he did fucking good for himself, man. He did really, really good for himself. I remember when they announced when they announced tournament of uh, I think it was tournament of survival. That was the one they did. A tournament of death is CZW. Yeah. Yeah, this is um, we have TOS. Yeah. yeah, when they did T- when they did the first TOS, he hit me up and he was trying to get me to come down. And I, I just couldn't do it at the time, and uh, he he got Viking instead. And um, yeah, like. Uh, We've been wanting to do this for a long, 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 long time in Montreal, and uh, it's pretty funny. I was having a call. I was high on mushrooms, having a conversation with someone, going like, "We're sitting on my couch and we're fucking partying," and I'm like, "We got to do this. We really got to do this." And uh, they're like, "Yeah, and you should do it in Toronto too." And I'm like, "Fuck yeah!" So lo and behold, two days later, Brett hits me up and he's like, "It's time we do IWS versus versus GCW," and I'm like, "Let's do it, and let's do it in Toronto too." He's like, let's do it. So I went out. I booked yeah. the Opera House. I got a lot of hate, hate in Toronto. But you know what? Hey, brother, if you if you don't want to go out there and put on the best show ever in your fucking city, then I'll go to your fucking city and do it. That's all. That's all. That's the way yeah. I look at it, man. You know, if you don't want to spend the money and give the give the wrestling fans in the city what they deserve, then I'll do it because that's what I do. I entertain people. And uh, yeah, man, I uh, we we booked them, and it's been it's been a long time coming. And what's wild is. What's wild is how excited the talent in GCW is because, like, a lot of those guys grew up watching us and everything, and they think they're crazier than we are. But as you've seen from the archives, man, we've been doing this for a long fucking time before most of these guys were born, 
and we're still in shape. Our, our deathmatch guys pride themselves on being in the best shape ever. And guys like Eddie and Phantom and all these guys can still fucking go. And we have a whole new generation of guys that are just as wild. So, you know, maybe GCW bit off a little more than they can chew because we are I, crazy. I, I think they might have. Yeah, we <laughs> are really fucking did, crazy, though. man. Yeah. You know, so. Now that you mention it, that um, I just saw Phantom a few weeks ago at XCW, and I was like, this guy's got gray hair, but he's uh, he, he's got abs, and he's been yeah. falling through glass for 20 years. Like, yeah. what's going on? Our, our guys don't last that long. Yeah, I, I, we we're, we're, we train a lot together. I make this motherfucker work hard, man. I mean, I mean, and he always gets mad because he's always like, "You're so fucking strong, man," and I'm like, "Push harder." It's uh, but you know, we're you know, it's we were friends before pro wrestling, so it's like mm-hmm. we were. It's actually when you asked me before this podcast, the reason Phantom got into wrestling was when I when I put on the first uh, WWS show uh, at Wally's Pub. I was on a wrestling radio show because we had those back then on, on actual radio promoting it. And uh, everybody was telling me, what's your wrestling, what's your wrestling character going to become? And when I was a kid, I loved to do PCP, the drug. It was my favorite drug in the world. So uh, <laughs> true. are you serious? Yeah. I swear to God, man, I'm fucking, I don't give a shit. Man. I got nothing to hide. I love getting high. <laughs> it's great. I run around Montreal on mushrooms, drinking, having the time of my life, man. I could care less. Yo, fuck, look at the shit I built, man. You want to give me shit? Go ahead. Maybe you should. Maybe, but, maybe you're wearing a shit shirt, shit, everybody. Everybody who can't say this, he's wearing a, a T-shirt that says strong right now. And I can <laughs> see that he's got biceps. Uh, he's very in shape. And, and But he's been doing PCP and mushroom. Hey, man, dude. <laughs> hey, man, you got you to gotta enjoy life, bro. You got you to gotta have fun. That's what, that's what keeps me sane and young. And uh, so I told everyone, I'm like, well. Everyone in Montreal knows me as PCP Manny because I run around. Like, I used to go to bars and order pitchers and pour PCP in them, and the pitchers would turn white. So if you walk in a bar and there's a white pitcher of beer on the table, you're like, ooh, it's going to get, get you more than drunk and shit. So I called myself PCP Manny because I wanted to draw fans. I wanted to draw people that weren't wrestling fans. And Green Phantom says it best. He's like, I'm going, I'm listening to the radio, and I hear about this wrestling show. And there's a guy named Manny, and I'm like, there's no way that junkie a pro wrestler now because we were friends when we were kids he's like there's no way this guy started a wrestling fed there's no way he loves to get high and party all the time but who the fuck else is going to name themselves pcp manny but him and boom he came to the show it was me he started training with us a week later and you know the green phantom was born so it's like it's it's pretty wild so yeah you know you gotta you gotta be you gotta be real in life man it gets you places i love you i love that all right you don't have to answer this but ever have you ever wrestled on it what uh no you know a lot of people a lot of is that possible that. i don't i don't know anything you know, about you know, it. it's a lot of, a lot of people it's funny people that like people that don't do drugs or have never wrestled like don't do hard drugs or never wrestled they always ask me they're like you have to be fucking high when you do that shit you know you have to be and it's like i always tell people the same thing honestly like i could never do that because like dude i you know i got a guy trusting me with his life in the ring you know and we're doing like when we're doing this death match, especially like these big bumps, you know, yeah. you got to make sure you don't land on your head. You got to make, you know, the point is not feeling any pain. You want to, you want to feel the pain because you want to make sure you didn't fuck something up. So like to, to break my wrestling character. No, I've never wrestled high on fucking hard drugs. I've done them after the show. I've done them the night before the show, but never, never the day of a show. Uh, it's like a disassociative, fuck- right? Or- yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, okay, because everyone here, everyone here is on speed and then goes out and, and falls through the glass. That's the thing here. 
um, which I, I guess can be done. That. Yeah, I, I could never do that. I just, you know, I'm at a, it's pretty wild. I'm at a venue, like, I get to the venue at 11 a.m. because these shows have massive setups, you know, and I'm guiding technicians around. We have to get the right, proper lighting for television. We have to, like, that's one thing you're going to like since you take a lot of pictures and video. Every photographer, and our photographers are concert photographers, uh, you know, they do lots of live events. They say we're the only show where they don't have to, like, they don't have to put their stuff into Photoshop or into, uh, yeah. or into the Adobe programs to, to, to bring it up. They're like, the lighting is perfect. And, like, we even gone to, like, we went to the point where, like, if you know if you know a little bit about cameras, like, we went out and we bought Sony Alpha 1s for our photographers so they could be able to shoot 50 frames per second in stills in, like, full autofocus and catch everything, you know? And we bought prime lenses for them. And the same with you our video IWS guys. U.S. photographers? Yeah. Yeah, we what have four the of them. What yeah. is going on, dude? You're really, like, killing me right now. Like, I lost all faith in the States right now <laughs> with what we have going. Come on down. <laughs> Everyone who comes to our show comes to every one of our shows afterwards, man. This dude, this is crazy. So, so the dates are um, March 11th, Montreal. Okay. Yeah, March 11th, Montreal. That's the Olympia Theater. And uh, March 9th, it's uh, unfucking sanctioned. It's our it's our flagship show. Okay, so that's your premiere show. Yeah, it's our flagship show. Yeah. Okay. And then worst behavior. Yeah, March 19th in Toronto at the Opera House, another classic venue. Okay, and these are both sold out. I just checked, so I'm sorry. Uh, no, IWS isn't sold out yet. IWS is a 2,000, like, Opera House holds 500 people. Uh, Olympia holds over 2,000. So, like, uh, IWS has sold over 1,000, but we have, in Quebec, we have very late fans. So, we're expecting 2,000. We will get 2,000. People should buy as many tickets as they can in advance. But I've had 700 people buy tickets the day of a show. Like when you get there and you see the lineup outside and the parties in the parking lot, it, it's wild, man. You're gonna you're gonna think you're going to see Metallica or something. It's like it's wild. Yeah. It's, okay. Yeah. You know, and one more thing, IWS has the hottest girls in the crowd. You know, every person who's ever come to our show from the states is like, I thought I was at the wrong place, man. We we have the hottest female fans. They're fucking amazing. You do. You, you, yeah, you do. Yeah, because I know we have a mutual friend, uh, yeah. and I'm not going to mention her by name, but uh, <laughs> you know we we correspond, and she's always telling me to come to IWS. Yeah, um, yeah, I can confirm that everybody that that they are the the premier uh, females. <laughs> Dude, it's wild, man! It's wild. People people think they went to the wrong. Like our crew that handles our show is all women. They're, they're fucking amazing. They love pro wrestling and they get shit done. You know. It's like you know, and most dudes are scared to talk to them. So, so it's like, yeah, like yeah. It's, it's 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 wild, man. So, like, yeah, it's it's an amazing, it's an amazing experience. You're gonna, I'm telling you, you're gonna come to one show, and you're gonna want to come to all of them. You know? Yeah, I need to get my Canadian citizenship after that. Um, <laughs> yeah, <you should. laughs> one more thing before we close out um, to uh, you know the pain in the ass Jersey fans who I know are gonna ask about this. Um, you know, how, how do you get there? Okay, can you just because because if you don't walk them through that, they're not going to understand, and they're and then there's not they 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 don't listen. So you need a passport, right? Yeah, to get over the border. To, yeah, you need a passport to get over the border. Uh, hopefully, you don't have a criminal record. A lot of times, they just let you through anyways. Okay, uh, yeah. So what's the what's the cap on that? Uh, like I mean, a felony, a violent felony. You can't come in. I think it's usually violent felonies and everything like that. They're pretty lax. If you tell them you're going to a wrestling show in Montreal and you have a flyer, 
Because like another thing in, in Canada, which is really crazy, and this is good for all you American wrestlers that are listening to know, and uh, the, you're going to actually freak when I tell you this, pro wrestling is considered a performance art in Canada. So you don't need a green card if you're coming to Canada to wrestle or a visa or a work visa. Is it at the Athletic Commission control? Or nope. It's we have no, what? There's an, no, there is no Athletic oh. Commission for pro wrestling. No, Vince McMahon got rid of the Athletic Commission in the province of Quebec because they were giving him too much grief. So he paid the government to get rid of them. This is a true story. He paid off the government to get rid of the Athletic Commission. And the UFC and WWE got UFC fighters and pro wrestlers to be status, to be considered as performance artists. So you don't need a work visa. You don't need a green card. You just need to not have a criminal record or not have done any dumb shit. I mean, fuck, I've gone Sabu into Canada. I've gone Sandman into Canada. I've gone RVD into Canada. You just need, you know, you cross the border, be cool. Don't be an asshole. Yeah, like, and don't fucking bring any weed with you because they're going to check and weed is legal in Canada and it's dirt cheap and we have the best weed in the world. So if you're coming from the States and you want to smoke a joint, wait that hour until you cross the border because you can buy it anywhere. It's legal everywhere across the country. You can walk around and smoke it. So don't fuck up your weekend because you wanted to get high. Just buy it here. You know, it's, uh, we're sponsored okay. by dispensaries. You know, at our shows, they come here and we fucking throw the shit into the crowd. So don't worry about it. You know, it's like, it, it's, it's a good fucking time, man. Oh, dude. Um, yeah, I'm already there. I told you that I'm going to yeah. be there. Yeah. Um, fuck yeah, dude. Um, thank you, dude. This is, uh, this is uh, you know, in the two or three years that I've been doing interviews, the by far the best one I've ever done. Um, I, I'm fully sold on your shit, dude. Yeah. This, this sounds really cool. And I, I, I really I'm happy. I did, I'm happy. I did this too, man, because you brought up a lot of stuff. I forgot. I'm an old guy. I forgot about a lot of stuff, and it's true. We were the first dudes to stream, man. We were the first dudes to do no ring. Fuck you, Casanova. Huh? I'm gonna talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, man. Um, we I, have I a lot more work for you, man. Yeah, we have a lot of stuff coming up too. We have a lot of stuff coming this year. Uh, this summer is gonna be wild. There's some major events we're working on this summer. And uh, as far as IWS, GCW, I mean, I, there's two shows booked, but I don't think there's going to be, I don't think they're going to be the last two shows. I no, think it's going to get bigger and bigger, dude. man. Yeah, Sky's yeah. Limit, I think it's going to be wild. they're looking to work with more professional companies, and you guys seem to be the, yeah. you know, that the, the premier one. So, yeah. dude, so I'm, I'm pumped for, for the future. Cool, man. So am I, man. All right, everybody, you can buy tickets for both shows uh, currently right now on Eventbrite. Uh, also, I know follow... uh, Montreal. Montreal. Montreal is an event, right? Montreal is on. You go to Linktree slash IWS Hardcore uh, Eventbrite, which for Toronto. Okay. okay. Yeah. If you go to the IWS Hardcore social media, the links are everywhere. Or you could just go on Ticketmaster.com and type in IWS Montreal, okay. and we'll bring you to the link. Sorry about that, everybody. So the event I'm on it right now. The Eventbrite Game Changer Wrestling page has the Toronto show, and like yeah. Manny said, uh, through the Linktree. Um, you could buy the Montreal show and you could follow IWS on Instagram and, uh, and Manny. And I know you guys are also active on Twitter. So show them some love over there. Um, Manny, anything you want to say before we wrap this up to the US want... fans? Yo, man, come on down. Come watch the wildest show on fucking earth, man. I guarantee you won't be disappointed. If you think, if you do not think this show, especially the Montreal show is the wildest show you've ever been to, man, I'll give you your fucking money back. It's going to be wild. You will have an experience in the best city in the world. We're going to have a massive after party too. And uh, we're, we're renting, we're probably renting Fun Electric, which is a wild bar in downtown Montreal, five minutes from the venue for the after party. 
Montreal is a beautiful city. It's a party city. Everybody fucking loves it here. Everybody who comes down here loves it. And IWS is an amazing host. The IWS talent are amazing hosts. We're going to have a good time, and we're looking really forward to working with everybody and seeing everybody from the States. And everybody, um, unlike a lot of the places that we that we are going to for shows, Montreal is a, a very safe city, it seems like. So um, you shouldn't have any worries coming. I know, uh, you know, some of the female uh, in the deathmatch industry have, um, you know, the fans have expressed concern of, of going to certain venues. But, uh, you know, Canada seems to be very on, on top of that. So, so come on. Brother, if, any, uh, if, anybody, if anybody touches a female that comes to our show, I'll fuck them up myself. Don't worry about it. You said that. Okay. Thank you. Because, uh, you know, that needs to be said. Uh, Manny, thank we, you so we, much. We, we don't, we, in IWS, we don't cancel people. We just drag them in the back of the venue and beat the shit out of them. So That's the so Canadian way. That's the Canadian way, brother. <laughs> Manny way. Dude, thank you, Manny. Um, all right. I will, uh, I'll see you in a month. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning into your dose of death. Uh, show Manny some love and, uh, you know, hit us up. Uh, we'll see you guys in March. This has been a Countout Podcast.